Welcome to Good Good Talks. This is Stephanie Lynn, your host. <laughs> Three seasons in, guys. I'm still not used to that. But on that note, we are two episodes left in this Good Girl, Good Girl. <laughs> Let me just mix those together. Good Good Talks, Good Girl season. And I'm stoked for these next two. None of them have been my favorite because they've all been my favorite every girl has just killed it in every single interview and it's just been so fun to hear everyone's perspectives and be able just to kind of feel encouraged myself through these conversations so I so pray that you guys have felt encouraged as well but this conversation is with my friend Hannah she's a friend from high school we should have crossed paths a lot earlier than we did but we did when we did and it was totally the Lord's provision and um here we are. She's 22. I'm 24. Still going strong. Still talking all the time. Maybe not even all the time, but just catching up. Great long distant friend, distance friend. So guys, without further ado, here is Hannah. Oh, and P.S. She does talk fast and she does mention if you need to slow down the podcast to the speed of 0.5 or something like that. It's on the bottom of your screen. She's not bothered by that because she knows she talks fast and she owns it, and she owns everything, and she's wonderful and great, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Here we go. So welcome to Good Good Talks. <laughs> hey hey Wow, okay, honestly, you are my first friend, mm-hmm. like, friend that I've known for a long time that I've interviewed that I haven't been, like, super nervous to interview. I'm so complimented by that that's so sweet because you're my first podcast you have my podcast virginity right now yeah this is my first time yay nice to meet okay i will i won't (laughs) surprise you i already told you the question that i added right right okay so no one heard what we recorded before of the high school stuff so now we have to start with how okay, okay first who are you? Don't connect anything to me. Who okay. are you? And so, then, how do we know each other? Okay. So, I'm Hannah. I'm 22. I live in Indianapolis. I do a whole bunch of things. We'll dive into that. We'll talk about them as we go. Mm-hmm. I talk really fast. You might want to listen to this on 0.5 speed. <laughs> um, and Stephanie and I went to, I don't know if elementary school, but definitely like jun- all of junior high. Did you go to Rochester for elementary school? I was K through twelve. You were yeah. you came way through, right? Or I was K through twelve too. Right. So Stephanie was just two years ahead of me in school, like K through twelve, and we <laughs> finally like crossed paths in like junior high. And she was super cool, and she was super old, and she was in Madrigals, <laughs> and she had cool friends. And I was like, wow, she's mean. She's a really mean girl. And <laughs> then I just had a hateful feeling to you all the time, and I was like, she's mean. She's one of the mean girls. <laughs> but then. Um, and then she was in Madrigals in high school, and I wasn't. And I was like, now I know. She's, like, the worst. Yeah. She's got to be cruel. Yeah. But then when I was in junior high, my parents got divorced, and so my older sister and I actually switched churches. And it was really awesome. And so we started going to Western Oaks in Springfield, because that's where we grew up. And um, Stephanie already went there. And I was like, oh, wow, the mean girl goes to church? That's crazy. Because <laughs> I was a hateful, hateful judgy junior high. What a hypocrite. I was. I was a jerk. No, not you. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I am. We all are. Honestly. Um, And then I was like, oh, Stephanie's, like, kind of nice. And then she was, like, really cool. And then she had a car. And I was like, wow, Stephanie's fun. She drives. And then we just hung out all the time. And 
Joe Brown Springfield, and I was two years younger, so I was, like, your little, like, it was you and a couple other girls, and I feel like I was, like, the baby doll. Like, you guys just drove me around, and, like, I was, like, your little play kid. It was oh really fun. Oh, my gosh. And then you moved away and went to college, and we stayed in touch forever, because I love long-distance relationships and friendships, and we just talk all the time, and we Marco Polo, and we snort when we laugh. It's great. It's so, yeah. it's so crazy, because I think there's so many people that... I was close to in high school, but it's literally through this young adult life that I've gotten so much closer to them. So like Kennedy Brown, for example, like we went, we were super close in high school, but because of all the similar things that we go through in this (laughs) young twenties. I found like almost the opposite. Like people that I was close with in high school, like were almost just like friendships just to survive high school. And the people Mm -hmm. that I feel like drifted apart from in high school like some of us have kind of come back together like Gabby like I was talking about like Mm -hmm. we were never like not friends but we just were close in junior high and then just kind of had different groups in high school and then now we are like really close again and it's just weird like full circle yeah full circle yeah you never know where it's gonna go well and I'm thinking too when did you you and Brock got engaged Okay, so here's the thing, is, um, tell me, like, your, who you're married to, how okay. old he is, so then I can go into that story. Okay, so I'm 22, and I got married when I was 20, and I got engaged when I was 19. Mm-hmm. I started dating my husband when I was 18, and we actually had a seven-year age gap, so he was 25, and I was 18, and everybody was like, you have lost your mind, like, you are crazy, and yep. that's it, like, you're officially turning into a uh, floozy, and so... <laughs> Which is not true at all, but um, I did, just didn't date very much in high school. I just had a couple of boyfriends, and I always was, like, pretty serious about dating and relationships, and I knew what I want and what I didn't want, and so um, when I was graduating high school, my sister got married, um, like, the month after I graduated, and so one of her groomsmen was named Brock, and I was like, he's really cute, but golly, he's old. Like, he's really old. And, like, he um, might as well have gray hair and three grandchildren. Yeah, like, he's really old. Like, it's he's too old. And I was like, he's super hot, but, like, he's old. So I'll just check him out and think he's really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sister's getting ready to move away to Fort Wayne from Springfield, which is, like, five hours. So Brock was just hanging around a lot because he was, like, best friends with Garrett, my future brother-in-law. And so then suddenly just, like, the four of us were hanging out a lot. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, he's so cute and so old. Like, what the heck? And I definitely thought nothing was ever going to come of it because I was like, he's just too old. And then we just hung out at pre-wedding things and I totally got my flirt on. And then the wedding came and he was like, are we going to date? And I was like, where is this coming from? Who do you think you are? But it's fine. And so then we just dated and it was pretty serious right away because I was really young and we had an age gap. And so we had to be really like vocal about our intentions with people around us so that they would feel more comfortable and just be really clear. And so we really cut through those, like, early days where you're like, I don't know, does he like me? And we were just like, listen, I like you, but yeah. this doesn't work out. Like, we're going to have to do this and this and this. And so it was just really serious really quickly. And then it kind of spiraled out of control, and we just got married, and it was awesome. <laughs> spiraled out of control. In a good way. I like that. That's well, how I describe everything in my life. I'm like, it just went out of control, and now I'm doing this. And, okay, so I remember the conversations that we were having. So, like, the guy that I was dating in high school... Mm-hmm. we, I thought I was going to marry him. So oh, yeah. we were talking about like who was going to get engaged yeah. and all of that. And I didn't, I didn't know Brock. I hadn't met him yet. I don't even yeah. think I really met him until your wedding. 
I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I'm at this like memory of this one time in Starbucks now. This is coming back. To yes. Me. Did we ever walk to the lake or something? Because I feel like I envisioned the lake, but that was your, maybe that was your proposal that I'm mixing in with our Starbucks date. Probably. All of the above. All of the above. You know, Lake Springfield, you know, walking around. What you need to do when you live in Rochester, you just walk to the lake. Like, that's all there is. In the Elks Club. And you stand out. And listening to this that lives in Rochester right now is like, Yep. You stand Um, outside the Elks Club if you don't have a membership and you just wish about that you wish you had a membership. Just, like, stare. Hold on to Hold on to I the fence. And I was like, this place sucks. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this pool is lame. These well, it gets so freaking hot, and you just want a place to swim, and I never had a pool. I only had a sprinkler under my trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, okay, that's when we got closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got married January 9th? Second. You're so close to Second. Okay. And I flew home from Prague, like, two weeks before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Ethan and I had just broken up. Mm-hmm. Your wedding was, like, the start of some so much because that's when I saw Brian. And yeah. he was like, how are you? And I was like, honestly, I'm not doing good. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm not making any progress, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I told him a little bit about my life. So Brian was our youth pastor in high school. Um, and then two weeks later, he, not even two weeks later, called me up and was like, hey, um, do you think you'd want an internship at Westside? And I was like, (laughs) Westside? No, no, no one from Western Oaks goes to Westside. That's called betrayal. Yeah. Except now everyone does. Except now everyone from Western Oaks goes to Westside because Westside is actually an incredible church. So. Yeah. Um, Again, we're just judgy junior hires. Super, still super judgy junior hires, even when we're 24 and 22. Right, right, it happens. (laughs) Still there. So, yeah, I just remember your wedding, like, who was um, Brock's groomsman that is married now? Wait, what? He's married now, and I thought he was really cute, but I, he didn't, like, really know, he knew Jesus, but you guys were, like, not really sure. Um, He still was figuring his life out. And Ethan and I just broke up, so I didn't want to... I didn't have enough emotional um, energy. He looks similar to Brock. Like, dark oh. hair. So, Keith. So, Keith, Keith has, like, he's really tall, dark hair. Yes. He, yeah, he was... He's, like, a couple years younger than Brock, and, yeah, he just got married. Yeah. Like last year, mm-hmm, yes. So, yeah. remember, at your wedding, though, mm-hmm. it was, like, I thought he was cute, and I was, like, not in a place to even... Yeah flirt or talk to guys so right. I, I tried and then I said nope not ready yeah that's okay that's okay but I remember that too mm-hmm. um you're always always out there to help a gr- sister out mm-hmm. even at your own wedding you know <laughs> always so that's what it's been you guys lived in Bloomington which is like an hour and a half north of our hometown right then you Moved to Indianapolis mm-hmm. this past February. Okay, so, so almost a year. Yeah, which is weird. Like it feels like it's been not very long, and like I'm still like I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing at all. But also, mm-hmm. like it keeps like time keeps going, and it, like when people ask me now, I'm like, uh, it's actually been a long time, and I yeah. still feel like a hooligan. So I don't. Well, know I love that you're in Indianapolis because 
I know that place and I know I it's just so fun to know where you are and know what you're experiencing and it's a beautiful little city especially in the winter I'm excited for you guys to like experience it during Christmas time have you seen it the downtown yeah when they like make the circle into a tree yeah we love Indianapolis and so Brock and I both are like from Illinois and grew up here but like one of my my very best friends, she's my maid of honor at my wedding. She moved from Springfield to Indianapolis when we were like thirteen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my mom and my older sister had was best friends with her older sister. So like the four of us were like the Fab Four. Mm-hmm. And so we visited Indianapolis like four or five times a year for like like ten years almost. Oh, I forget. So you know Indianapolis better than I do. <laughs> and then Brock. We moved because Brock was, like, driving to Indianapolis all the time for his job, and I was working at a hospital, and then I quit, and I was working from home full-time, and we were like, wow, this is so ridiculous that, like, you're gone five days a week, and I literally am home alone. Like, why do we live here? Yeah. And so he loved Indianapolis already and felt really familiar with the city because he had worked here for, like, five years, and I had visited here forever. And so all the beautiful things, the pastor that married us at our wedding is my best friend's dad and, like, this amazing male role model in my life. Like, I love him to pieces. And he's the pastor at our church now that we attend. Like, he is, like, Dumb. the pastor that leads our life. Yeah, it's incredible. And, like, when we lived in Bloomington Normal, I love that you're, like, talking about community and so much on the podcast this season because I really never noticed or cared or, like, considered it to be a thing until we lived in Bloomington Normal, and I realized, like, oops, how depressing and lonely it is when you don't have friends in an area. Yeah. Um, and so we had a couple of good friends in Bloomington Normal, but by a couple, I mean, like, we had, I had, like, three friends, and you can only, like, ask them to hang out so many times in one week, yeah. right? They have lives, and they were all, like, from there, so they had, like, 45 friends. Well, and you are just freshly married, so, like, you're trying to figure out who can I, like, even chat with about this new life in a yeah. safe way. Yes. Yeah. It's hard with like brand new friends to get into like the nitty gritty of things. Like you're still trying to figure out like if they think that you are a weirdo Yeah. and you don't want to be like, Hey, is this normal? Like when you're newly married to like feel this way? Because then they'll be like, no, you're a heathen. (laughs) They'll be like, um, no, why aren't you still in love with him? And you're like, I'm sorry. I just just don't say things. And so it was really dark and I'll, I'm going to, like, ruin all the questions because I'm just going to spill my whole guts, but you should ask questions and then I'll finish telling you all these okay. other things. Okay, okay. So, let's just start with, you okay. listen to Good Good Talks before okay. this season, correct? Mm-hmm. And so, I've always tried to ask people this of, like, how do you view this change into the season three? How did you, like, when I, I mean, I, I'm sure I told you about it before I even um, posted anything about it, but, like... Tell me a little bit about, like, were you excited? Is this something that you want to talk about or, yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah, we talked about it one day when I was driving home from the zoo and I was really excited because I love listening to podcasts. I love podcasts that interview, like, people that are like-minded or that are, like, very different than what the podcaster is doing. Um, And I just think it's always really interesting to hear other people's voices and perspectives. And so I was really excited. And I just think, like, having... Like, women just doing cool things is really trendy right now, but it's also, like, becoming mainstream, which is awesome. Like, it shouldn't be trendy. It should be just, like, the way of life. Yeah. But it's really cool. I feel like we're encouraging people more to, like, do the side hustle or work the full-time job or be the stay-at-home mom. And we're just kind of, like, saying, like, hey, there's no longer, um, like, one is better than the other thing. And I'll be, like, you're doing awesome at what you're doing. So... I love this idea in general. I'm girl power, so I love it. Yes. First question. Okay. 
How would you define grit? I think that grit is just doing the hard stuff of life because it just has to get done. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. You don't always have to, like, hate the thing that you're gritting through. But you just identify, like, this is something that has to get done whether I like it or not. And I'm going to do it so that I can get to the awesome things later on. Like, you don't get to just, like, have a baby. You have to be pregnant for nine months. And you have to do hard things to get to happy things sometimes. Yeah. And I think grit is just saying, like, it's going to be hard for a minute and I'm going to choose to not be um whiny about it but I can be like sad or mad or upset or even love it yeah but I recognize this is just a season so I think grit is I like what she said like I think grit is short term like you should not be always gritting totally like hustling like everybody like hustle is so cool right now like you should not always be hustling you should be like working with a purpose so that you can have like time freedom later you should Mm -hmm. grit it through this stuff now Mm -hmm. like Dave Ramsey like live like no one else now so you can live like no one else later yeah that is my life you should just do that like it's a good principle to just put in the work up front and then enjoy life later yeah no I think that's really true especially with because I think where maybe I'm just thinking of my season and you may be a little bit different but still same age of um Just, like, this young adult just really trying to figure out what even life is and where I'm going, what I want to be doing. I know here's, like, my main goal, what I would love to do, but it's such a vague idea or concept that I'm like, okay, does this fit into that? Where's where's God and all of that? Um, And so I think for Grit, for me, it was a, okay, I'm literally just pushing through this adult life and I'm doing my thing. When everyone else, like, everyone else is doing their thing as well. So you are, and so I shouldn't compare myself to that, of you're doing your thing, but, Uh and you're married, and you, I mean, you didn't mention this, but you have a little four-year-old nephew that's hanging out with you for a little bit, and so I can look at your life and be like, I'm not, I'm, I'm literally 24 and I'm not married. I don't have a child living with me that I'm keeping alive. <laughs> like those kind of things, but it's, we're completely different people and we're gritting it going towards things differently. And that's how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I kind of gave a little bit, but how are you gritting it right now? So one, I just think being transparent is really important. And I like, share an excessive amount of Instagram stories and so I'm going to tell you everything that I think counts as gritting in my life right now in bullet points and you can tell me what's interesting and we can dive into those more and other (laughs) things can be like you're weird I can't believe you shared that out loud never would I say that (laughs) one yes Brock and I just moved to a new city so that is kind of a thing like it's been interesting yeah um two we're like you said we're kind of in this like, there's not really a term for it, but the closest word I can find is, like, fostering, mm-hmm. sort of. My nephew is four, um, and he lives with us right now, and he has since April. It's a little bit indefinite right now, but it looks like he may be returning to his um, biological parents sometime this, like, late fall or early spring. We okay. really don't know. Um, so that's, that's like, a huge thing yeah. right now, and it has been since April, and it's been, like, waves of learning because it's different all the time, and I've just been, like developing as I go it's just random it's so so crazy um three I actually work from home and I work for myself um like I was saying I used to work in a hospital and I used to go to school for nursing and I love healthcare. and I just found that this is just not something I want to do with all of my time the rest of my life and at the same time um somebody had shared 
essential oils with me and we were just using them for ourselves and I just talk obsessively about things that I like so I just was talking about oils all the time and then it was paying me and I was like this is so much fun and so that's my job and so that's like it is a thing that you have to grit through because it's weird to work for yourself and like set your own hours and set your own standards and not have someone like telling you what to do that's Mm -hmm. very challenging but super fun so that is grittish because I'm just learning as I go again and just figuring it out always and think that that's all the things yeah to be honest in 2018 I I was doing like a like a coaching like mentoring thing in January and she was like what's your word for the year and I was like it's full the word is full for 2018 and it's going to be beautiful and full of wonderful beautiful things and it has been full of beautiful wonderful things and I was reading this morning in first Samuel and I was actually reading Hannah's prayer because I'm PMSC and so I was just wanting to make myself cry Mm -hmm. and um there was this article talking about like things we can learn from Hannah in the Bible and my name's Hannah. So I like her (laughs) Um, and they were saying like in seasons of trial and grief, like don't be so overwhelmed with what's going wrong in your life that you forget that God is blessing you abundantly. And so Mm -hmm. my work for 2018 was full and it's been incredibly remarkably different than anything I ever, ever anticipated. Like so many tragic things have happened that it's just been different than I thought it would be this year, but it's also been like, wonderful and amazing and there's been so many like beautiful cool things and so it's been full and it's been full of grit like there's been a lot this year that I just didn't anticipate and Mm -hmm. it's been different been totally different so (laughs) I think it's for you like you said there's just there's a lot of things that have been happening um And from my perspective, on the other side of it, watching your Instagram stories, I remember it was probably maybe a month or so ago that I was like, um, what's your nephew's name again? Hayden. Hayden. I was going to say Brayden. Brandon, something like that. It's okay, Ryan. Um, I came to this realization of, um, Hayden's been with him for a really long time. Um, where's that going? (laughs) Like, so I, I think it's just kind of a... I think of Camila of, oh my gosh, I get to see her all the time, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But um, he's been with you, literally Mm -hmm. living with you. You have been his guardians for, what, four or five months now? Um, Almost yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, actually, when we first got married, so like almost three years ago, we were married for like six months, and he and his mom moved in with us for a little while. And so they lived with us for like eight months then, and then she moved out. And just a lot of things happened, and um, it was just dicey. And so all of it has led to, in April, he came to live with us again just by himself and has been here for <coughs> a long time. And so he's he just turned four in July, and so eight months plus eight months is, you know, 16 months. And so when yeah. you look at a four-year-old's life, like, That's, it's been a lot. It's yeah. been a lot of time. Literally one-fourth of his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can do math. Go girl. You I know got, what I can't do math on is the I got that fourth grade math. I got it. I got it. Go. Okay, so because I know your season of life is like we've said, so many different obstacles, so many different things. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But how would you encourage women or girls the season that you're in of maybe even just like the full part of yeah. It's just overwhelming sometimes. You yeah. prayed and wanted it and knew it was gonna be full and like you said it came in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. How would you encourage women through that? 
Well, first of all, I really think it's important to, like, own that what you're doing right now really matters. Mm. And so I think, like, we talk about this all the time, and you always, like, we both are, like, you know, like, we're similar, but it's a little bit different. And it almost is sometimes, like, like, I can't relate to you because of A, B, and C. But I just think you need to own what you're doing and what you're walking through right now because God is going to use it purposefully for someone else in the future. Mm-hmm. So when we are like downplaying the importance of the things we're doing right now, because we're not, because you're not married yet or because I don't have kids yet or because I don't have a full-time job or because I'm not like, I didn't graduate college, like because I'm not all of these good enough things, mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now isn't purposeful. So I think the first thing to do to encourage people around you is just to say like, Hey, what you're doing right now is like what you were called to be doing and it matters mm-hmm. like God's using this in your life and in your future. And so, um, I just like, there's been a lot of things over the last three years since Brock and I've been married that I never saw myself doing. And some of it's been used already for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And some of it I know will be in the next 60 years. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're so quick to downplay like the importance of the stuff we don't love doing yeah. like the great things, but yeah. they are like, divinely intentionally scheduled yeah and also I think my second point on how to encourage people while they're gritting I took notes can you tell I have a, a note system over here I love it I love to ramble and <laughs> I talk on the internet all the time and so if I don't control myself it'll go for 15 years <laughs> um so the second thing is just to talk about it so sometimes it's awkward to like unload everything you're walking through but you know it's more awkward to just like never be transparent with anyone ever and not have any anyone know what you're dealing with and yeah. so I think we have like created this idea that we all are okay and we're busy and we're just doing it and yeah. it's awesome and so no one actually no one that's not real life no one's actually doing that just so you know like being busy it's not that awesome and being okay it's also not that great and it's all just overrated yeah so I when you just talk about your season and like the humanness of what you're walking through it gives your friends and family around you permission to also be transparent and yeah. so um that's why I feel like I am like shamelessly emotional on the internet like it makes a lot of people uncomfortable and I know that that I talk about how much I cry and I talk about how um, just emotional this process has been with Hayden being here. Um, it's weird for a lot of people because mm-hmm. it's a lot of feelings. But also, every single time, I'm totally not trying not to cry, but every single time I've ever posted a picture of Hayden or, like, us with Hayden, someone has sent me a message that said, like, hey, what's going on with that? Because, like, so-and-so in my life is in a custody situation or I have this family member that I would really like to take in like what's the process with that or even have said like hey we just adopted this kid and like you guys like we're praying for you all the time because we just like what you're doing is like so purposeful and so like talking about it makes a big difference it gives people permission to like come in your circle with you yeah and it's only if you don't it's really lonely if you don't so totally I honestly I think that both of us are very honest vulnerable people naturally Mm -hmm. so I don't I honestly don't know what my life would be without it. I know that I can see other people that maybe aren't sharing things and say, Uh maybe you could do this or do this because there's so many things that have been so purposeful through it. Um, but I know that there's some things like sometimes it comes and bites me in the butt in different ways. I was joking with, um, a teacher that I'm with right now that she's kind of, I guess like mentoring me a little bit through different things I need to be doing. And, um, she's actually, She's 33 and literally a picture of me when I'm 33. Like, she she and I are so similar in so many ways. Story-wise, she's the same Enneagram number. It's stupid. So, 
Um, all to say, I was telling her about um, my interview with Brian and what's her name? Melissa at Westside. So like when I first did my, my first interview for the um, internship and I, I don't know if I cried, but I definitely shared that I was going through depression and really trying to figure out what my life was. And I didn't want to teach, but I want to teach. Like it was this weird uh-huh. place for me and um, just brutally honest. And yeah. I knew I could be because of Brian, because he had been with me and knew that from the get go. And then, um, it also was like, well, this is a church, so I want to, I, for churches, and this is like a side note, um, churches struggle at this, I think, the most, of being honest and vulnerable of what they're going through, um, and using that as their community, and like, I don't know, they're still, they're still a business in a way, they're still, they still have all of that stuff going on, so anyway, I'm like, weirdly was like bringing in my own this is how I think it should be all to say I was telling Jessica this teacher about this and um and I said you know what Brian pulled me aside when I was applying for teaching jobs in California and he was like I need to tell you um don't tell them that you've struggled with depression don't tell them that you've done this this and this because he was like you can be brutally honest with me and this is a position that you could do that with but then in more of those more professional environments. You can't just tell what you're struggling with. So there's things that I've definitely kind of been like, oh, um, maybe I shouldn't have shared that. But I've never, honestly never once regretted it. Yeah, never once regretted I, it. Even like I had back to school night on Monday and this is where Jessica and I are having this conversation and why we were talking about this. But she was like, don't share with them that you're not, that you haven't done this yet. And that, it, that you're struggling in this because they're looking to you to be this person that has all your crap together. And you know you don't, but you don't have to tell them that. <laughs> like, But that's hard for me. I just want to tell everybody, like, no, nothing in me is right. <laughs> and I'm still figuring my crap out. Um, so, like, in some ways you kind of have to sugarcoat it. But I don't like it. Like anything in life, it has to be, like, 80-20. Like, every, I think everything should be just 80-20, like... 80% of the time, you should just be a real person. And then 20% of the time, you do also have to be appropriate and, like, considerate of your surroundings. Yeah. But if you just push your 80% more, then it'll become more widely acceptable to live your 80%. Exactly. Exactly. Not that you should ever, like, weep through a job interview. I am impressed you still got that job. But Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that was divinely placed as well. Um, okay, so I'm trying to decide if I want to ask the new question right now, or if I want to go, let's, yeah, let's just do it, the new question, the, the new, new question that you don't have notes for, so. They don't, all just going to be straight out of my brain. Straight out, straight out of the brain. Okay, so it's also, for the listeners, brain. this is a new question as well, so, uh, listen up. Okay. How do you think our society, cultures, or world could do better at celebrating women and giving women a space to celebrate one another rather than comparing and putting each other down? We've already kind of touched this a little bit, but I think mm-hmm. I want you to give your two cents. Mm-hmm. I think, one, I think like our verbiage would be a great place to start talking about each other and about our tasks and our jobs. I think you hear the word just a lot when you're mm-hmm. talking about what like she's just 
she's just 22 or Mm. just a new teacher or like she's just a stay-at-home mom or she's just she's just working and doesn't have kids or yeah you know what I mean so I think we like the terms that we use create like they give us permission to treat each other like that we talk about each other in a way that is like what you're doing isn't good enough Mm. so that's why you need to be comparing yourself to others so I think our our terminology probably would be a great part if we would just be like just as I say just Just. if we would just use words instead like holy crap like look at Stephanie go she just moved to California on her own and is rocking it and she's created this incredible life because she took a chance on something that everybody else was like that's kind of weird maybe you shouldn't do that yeah so I think we should rephrase the way we talk about each other and when we talk other and the way you talk to yourself like I don't want to get all hippie voodoo on you or anything but you're like like opinions of yourself are really important and you're like oh I'm just not doing awesome like I just suck at this I'm just not a good teacher totally then I'm just new I'm just new. I don't know anything then you just repeat that to yourself and mm-hmm. do you ever feel good when people talk bad to you no so why do we talk bad to ourselves exactly I what is something I, I don't, something of like be your be your own best friend is I remember <laughs> writing that in my blog a couple of years ago of like, what do you say to your friends that you try to encourage them and lift them up? Mm-hmm. If you aren't saying that to yourself, then there's something wrong. Like you can't right. say that to other people and not believe it yourself. But right. we do that all the time, all right. the time. I think like a lot of the like dialogue that I've had with myself, like if my friend ever told me that someone was speaking to her that way, I'd be like, that's a verbally abusive relationship. Like, you shouldn't let someone be saying that to you. That's yeah. totally appropriate. Like, you're better than that. And and then I'm over here like, you're ruining Hayden's life. You don't know what you're doing. You're not good at this. Like, you're ruining everything. You suck at all of these things. And if someone was saying that to me in front of you, like, yeah. be yes. Because that's really me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we so say it to ourselves. Like, so the way we talk about ourselves and about each other is just like it leaves space for the you're not doing like good enough. And yeah. if we would just change our language to say like instead of she's just doing this thing, saying like she is doing this amazing, incredible, life-changing yeah. thing that was so brave and so cool and yeah. so adventurous. Like one obviously sounds better than the other. Absolutely. And it's just – I love that you notice the just part because if you take the word just out, it takes the whole – questionable side away and it's no mm-hmm. just a straightforward this is what it is mm-hmm. also this light is i love it it's very <laughs> edgy but i can't see you it's like okay um dang it there was something i was gonna say to that and i forgot just 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 Um, well, there's something that was going around. It was kind of like a, I'm sure it was on someone's Instagram that was saying, if, what if you lived in a world where women were there to encourage one another rather than to put the other ones down? Something like that of, because I feel like there's no denying that whenever you walk into a room, and I know you're married, but. You can put your, you're very good at this, put yourself back in this situation of you're with 10 girls and the instant a guy walks in mm-hmm. is different than the amount, the time that you were in that room with those 10 girls, just you 10 girls. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, obviously men have a different like way of having us treat one another and then trying to 
uh, one up one another in ways. But I think that there's even a more negative effect when it's 10 girls than rather 10 girls and one guy. Does that make sense? Because we are harder on ourselves towards one another. And then um, when you put, I mean, this probably isn't a very good uh, picture because when you put guys into it, it changes everything. But just trying to put into perspective of when you're in a room of women, rather than feeling down and left out and not enough and like you're not doing what they're doing mm-hmm. it's it's crazy that we're we, we trained our brains to be that way mm-hmm. to where it I, should be the opposite seriously comes back to like what I was saying before about transparency like the reason that it feels uncomfortable and depressing to be like in a room with 10 other women that are doing awesome is because you sit there and you're like wow she does this really amazing she does this really amazing and she does this really amazing mm-hmm. um on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. which is the highlight reel of our lives. Yeah. And so if we would all be a little bit more transparent, then we could say like, Hey, she does this really amazing. Um, but also she's really shared this, like she's really vulnerable about her body image. And I like really relate to that. And she's so human. Like yeah. me, she's not perfect. So I think like that's where being vulnerable in like your life all the time on purpose mm-hmm. brings a more, relatable aspects to like our relationships and then mm-hmm. we it kind of gives us a tool to like combat that comparison trap when we totally. recognize that other people are just as normal as we are yeah no totally that's good mm-hmm. that's good okay next question how are you celebrating women right now and not saying you're not but if you're not doing it in a way that you would like to do how would you want to like how would you want to? Actually, this is so interesting. Um, so, like I said, I work for doTERRA, so I work for myself, and I, like, manage a team of, of people, and, like, we just take care of a whole bunch of families together that use oils, and it's really fun. But most of the people I work with are women, and um, for a really long time, I was pretty bad at just, like, recognizing their um, successes and things to celebrate, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of, like, not negative feedback, but a lot of just, like, flatness in response Mm. from my team like they just were not like pumped and so it was really me like failing as a leader to not celebrate their small victories Mm. and celebrate their wins um and so now and it is it's a tribe of almost all women so it's definitely been a learning experience for me but now it's like we talk about every tiny thing so somebody Mm. yesterday had like her first person that she shared oils with and Mm. they were really excited and she was going to use it for her allergies and she was like pumped Mm -hmm. and she lives in North Dakota so her accent's like to die for cute (laughs) and I was like oh my gosh I'm excited for you it's amazing like what you do and so I think we just I I'm not great at it and it's something that I have been so bad at in the past that Mm -hmm. I recognized a need for change um and my friend is really good at it and so I try not to compare myself to her, but to learn from what she does and yeah. see how much she studies the science of celebration and recognition and how mm. important that is to people. Um, and then just really does that for all of us. And so I'm trying to do better at recognizing like every tiny small victory and pointing it out to people. So we don't have the chance to be like, Oh, I, I shared oils for the first time, but it was just this one thing. And so instead like, of letting, mm, not the just, yeah, yeah, instead of letting them get to the just, I'm saying you freaking killed it. That was yes. awesome. Like, don't just yourself. That was amazing. So, um, I'm not great at it and I'm always learning, but pointing out every tiny small victory before they can put the just in a sentence that they're telling me about, mm-hmm. um, I think it's important and it gives yeah. them like a boost. Like what you're doing is actually really awesome. Yeah. And I think with 
where, you know, because I'm going to answer the question too, you know, because I'm interviewing <laughs> myself, obviously. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, with sometimes I should interview you on your podcast, <laughs> fun, like a fun flip. Flip. Uh, what would what, what could we call it? Of like, what's it called whenever you uh switch husbands or wives or whatever, like that show? House swap or wife swap? Yeah, wife swap. Good, good talk yeah. swap. Yeah, good swap. Good swap. <laughs> Or we could just spell all the words backwards. Doog. <laughs> I was trying to I was trying to put swap backwards. I was like That's too much. Don't do that. It's swap. It's okay. Seriously. I can barely spell it's fine. Um what I remember sitting so I have this small group that I'm in that is through my church that I lead worship at every once in a while. And so there are women that I would say, like, I know that I'm a woman, but, like, they're later 20s and their 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, I see them as women. Like, they're getting it kind of thing. Um, and when I first was asked to join the group, it was kind of, I was, I'm the youngest. And so it was kind of a, I don't know if I'm really going to fit in well, whatever. But anyway, it's been great and so wonderful to have them because they're not my friend group. So it's just a complete mm-hmm. different group of people yeah. that they can speak into my life and say, it's just good to have people outside of everything yeah. to where they don't know any of my friends at all. They haven't met any yeah. of them, you know? So they don't use their, they have a just completely outside perspective, all to say. Anyway, there was a question of what do you feel like the Lord's doing right now that something along the lines of he's teaching you something that has, teaching you something that's been hard or, um, that there, the word grit wasn't used, but like kind of like that you're kind of gritting through in a way. And um, my mind instantly went to this was, I want to say, June or July when this question came up. And my mind instantly went to my current friendship, well, then current friendship stuff, figuring things out like um, friends are dating, they're like wanting to get engaged and saying I love you and I'm not yeah. there and there's a lot of jealousy, there's a lot of bitterness and how what I've been called to do in the middle of this season of that season of my life is literally start this season of good good talks of I'm now I'm the Lord's like literally forcing me to ask other women this question of how are you celebrating people? Because then I have to put it back on myself because I'm someone, if I'm going to be asking you a question or if I'm going to put you in this place, I have to already have been there. Yeah. Um, and so I'm in this place of like, whenever I started this, I thought I was really good at it when really like even last night I find myself so jealous of my friends and what they're going through that I can't, celebrate it like it's just been hard to celebrate it when choosing to celebrate even though it's hard just being like okay or even saying you know right now I want to be happy for you so I'm going to take a step back so that I can because then I can come in two weeks three weeks later and actually genuinely Mm -hmm. be somewhat healed in the process of being able to do that for them um and it's crazy that this podcast season has come right in the middle of it because, like I said, I thought I was doing really, really good and how all my friendship stuff was great. And you wouldn't think that when you're at 24, you're still figuring out friend stuff. Um, but literally when I start recording the interviews for this is when all that crap starts coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been this, like, 
okay, I'm talking about it. I want to celebrate women. So I need to celebrate the women in my life that are literally doing life side by side with me. Yeah. Um, and only talk positive about it because the instant you start talking negative or like even the only person I would ever talk bitterly towards anything would honestly like be in some kind of prayer with the Lord of I'm feeling this way and I don't want to feel this way, but it's a legit feeling. So how do yeah. I then turn that into some kind of celebratory statement rather than negative? Um, and that's been a growing process for me, but it's just been crazy of, of course, this podcast comes right in the middle of it and I'm just forced to have these conversations. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think, again, like I was saying before, like, all this stuff gets used for God's glory later. Like, all the time I think, like, I got married so young, I can't relate to people that are in their 20s dating and I can't help them. I can't be, I can't be, like, um, I can't be anything to them. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Um, And I can't relate. And so, instead, like, God uses me to speak to people that are young and married or that are, or just a lot of things. And so, I think a lot of times we compare our situations to other people that we want to have, Mm -hmm. but, like you will have a different audience than I will and they'll both be used for kingdom growth. And so one is not better than the other or more like rewarding. They're just different and it's okay for different to happen, but it's also okay to say like, I um, am not thrilled with where I'm at right now. I'm kind of sad about it. And like, I just recognize these feelings and then I deal with them and, like, give them a name so that I can be happy for you. I think there is nothing wrong with saying, like, I am feeling this way, and I need to just process it, and then I'm a better person for it. Exactly. Exactly. And this is totally off topic, but my friend Maddie, when she came back in town Wednesday night, her and I are both single, and I think that's why I've kind of naturally maybe fallen towards her a little bit through the last, even when she's she was at Hume, which is, like, Four and a half hours away all summer. Literally had no internet connection half the time. But I still would reach out to her. We're still keeping connected, all of that. And I would say almost closer to her than I was when she lived here. Uh um, Is because we're in that same season of life. But part of the conversation we had Wednesday night was, how do we do single life well? Because um, both of us desire so much to be in a relationship and to be married and be in that partnership. But at the same time, she's been around high school girls and she knows what it's pretty much. She's like, I need to be in a place where I can lead them and I can show them what it's like to be in this season and Mm -hmm. to do it well in a way. And almost, I think both of us are holding ourselves to an expectation where it's not really fair. The standard that's too high because she was like, I don't know if I know anyone that's doing single life well because she's like people even in their 30s that I know of of like they're still uh-huh. crying over the fact that they're single and still upset about the fact that they're not in the season of life they want to be in. Um, when I kind of stopped her and I was like, I don't think that's not doing single life well. I think it's just being honest in the season that they're in of I want to be in this and uh-huh. the Lord knows that and so you're just expressing it and letting it go but at the same time that women or both Maddie and I are waking up and doing what what we're doing right now like every single day is literally stepping into trusting the Lord of this is what I'm called to do even if I'm not in a relationship even if I'm not doing what I think I want to be doing Uh like there's seasons that literally right now I would not be the teacher that I am if I was in a relationship because Uh 
I can stay until 8 p.m. and I can go at 7 in the morning and go to bed at 9 p.m. because I can't, like, I have nothing on my plate. Um, And for Maddie, she's not in a relationship. She was able to go to Hume for the whole summer and literally just pour into these high school girls. And now she's going to Papua New Guinea this next week for two weeks just to, like, literally share the gospel with people that don't know anything about it. So it's... There's so many things, and even the woman she was talking about is 37 and wants to be in a relationship, but she's led Hume camps for the last five or six years, and mm-hmm. she's not, and she's done Papua New Guinea, like, literally, I don't know if she's necessarily created this missions out there, but she's grown it to this point of, if she was in the relationship that she wants to be in, she wouldn't be able to further God's kingdom the way that she is, yeah. and she's upset, yes, but she's trusting that and telling you, Maddie, like no, like, yes, I want to be in this, but I also know that God wouldn't have been able to do what he's been doing if yeah. I was where I think I should be, in a way. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like having those conversations of knowing it's hard and I don't want to be in this, but recognizing that and then saying, like I said, every day is a new day of, no, this is what the Lord's leading me to do, mm-hmm. and I'm choosing to be in this rather than, like, pouting the fact that I'm not where he yeah. Where I want to be, in a way. One of my really close friends from Bloomington Normal, because I have two of them, um, we still talk all the time, and she and her husband are walking through, like, just a really, like, emotionally, just, like, a raw season right now, and mm-hmm. um, they're just really struggling with infertility, and it's been heartbreaking for them, mm-hmm. um, and we talk all the time, and we stay really close about it, and um, we've just, like, coined this term, like, this is hard, but good, like, it's mm-hmm. okay to feel both at the same time, yeah. you don't have to... And, like, what you're doing is is awesome and, like, you love it. It's okay to say this is really hard and this is really painful, but this is really good. Yeah. And this is being used for God's glory. And this is being used to teach me something. Like, I'm learning and I'm growing from this, but it's really kind of hard and unenjoyable. And it's okay to have those feelings. Like, joy and grief are not mutually exclusive. Like, you can feel both things at one time. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say that. And I yeah. think we don't say that very much. We don't say, like... We just say, like, either, like, I'm super mad and I'm super unhappy. Like, you don't have to be unhappy and, um, or you don't have to be, like, happy and doing something miserable at the same time. You yeah. can be, not making sense at all. You can yes. be both feelings. Yes. It's okay. Like, you can be unhappy, but then you can also be completely joyful. Like, satisfied. Yeah. Yes. yes. You can. Yes. You can be both. You don't have to just be, like, gloom and doom all the time or, like, chipper Joe, Joe, happy all the time. Yeah. You can be both. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I just want you to know when I'm typing something, I'm quoting you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Do you want to hear one more? Because this one was laid on my heart a couple weeks ago and it's yes. a million times. Yeah, yeah. So with all these things, with all this stuff with Hayden mm-hmm. and with saying like how you feel about things, um, for the first few months that he was here, I was really just like not defining it in a way that was fair to myself. And I was like, oh, I'm just busy. I'm just, he's just visiting for a little while. And like, as this has gone on, it's gotten more and more emotional and more and more like obviously relational. Like he lives in my home 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I am his caregiver and Brock is his caregiver. Mm-hmm. And, um, I started to just like really own that this is what mothering feels like. Mm-hmm. And when I admitted out loud, like this is how I'm actually feeling. It brings so much peace to the situation. And I think, that's kind of like what you guys are talking about, what you and Maddie are saying. Like yeah. when you say how you're really feeling, it brings so much peace to the situation. And about the time that I was having that just like emotional breakdown of like this mothering, I am mothering. It's okay for me to feel this intense. I had it just like pressed on my heart in a rhyme. Like it usually is. Yes. That 
what my God calls me to, he will walk me through. Yes. I'm going to write that right now in case I'm listening. Yeah. So, like, it's miserable sometimes and it's happy sometimes, but, like, God's calling on your life is not an accident and it's not, like, he didn't mess up or, like, send you a typo. Like, yeah. it was really on purpose. And so it's going to be used for your growth and your development and spiritual maturity and for his glory. And so... Um, it's okay to be like, this is really sad and this is really hard, but I'm really happy that this is being used for God's glory, even mm-hmm. though it's sad and happy at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I live for rhymes. They're my favorite. <laughs> well, and I think too, and I think I've said this to you, but I know how much being a mom is on your heart and how much you desire that. And I think it's so cool that the Lord's answering that in a way and giving you that when it's okay. Yes, it's going to be hard whenever that time comes that Hayden is going to leave. Mm -hmm. But you've, he's like preparing you for motherhood in a way that you never thought, you never thought of, never thought of it. Yeah. I, when I was praying this morning and reading about the story of Hannah, like, it's so funny, like my parents named me Hannah instead of Caitlin and they never could have known that I would have been like doing this relationship with a a child that I like prayed for and begged God for the opportunity to to give him a safe home and to mother him. But I also promised God that I would return him to where he belongs later. Mm -hmm. So just like Hannah prayed for Samuel to come into her life while promising she would give him back. Um, I just think that's cool. I just think it's cool. And I know where my sentence was going because I started crying because that's what I did. But there's also, like, this truth of he isn't yours anyway. Even if he was your own child, like, the child that you have isn't yours. Yeah. And that's something I never considered, ever, until Mm -hmm. Hayden was in our home. And I was like, wow, he feels like mine. He feels like my child. This is what mothering feels like. But also, like, when you're mothering foster children, adoptive children, biological children, they're gods. And they're being entrusted you for a season and so I think like this probably is going to really protect me in the future of feeling like I deserve to have my children and they're mine and I shouldn't have to give them back to God when really like this is our temporary home you Mm -hmm. and me and our children and our children are temporary um temporary job and and responsibility so if God asks for them back you have to let them go of course that's miserable and like there's no denying that it's going to be hard no denying unreal but it's also, like, that's the facts. It's, yeah. This is not for you to plan and boss around and decide how things go. This mm-hmm. is, so I'm, like, a total control freak. And so this has been good for me because it's been, like, a very tangible example of, like, you don't get what you want sometimes mm-hmm. because it's not what's best for you. Yeah. Ugh. I can't wait to, like, see how the Lord does all of his work whenever you actually have children. Yeah. And you're going to be the cutest little pregnant. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be pregnant everywhere, and I'm going to be puking 17 hours a day. <laughs> pregnant everywhere? Yeah, just like, I am. Your whole body? Pregnant. Literally. I know I'm going to get, like, the chin jowls, you know, and people just get, like, huge cheeks. That's <laughs> going to be me. Remember when Kendall Throgmorton was pregnant, and it was like you didn't even know until she turned around it was a basketball? Literally, yeah. She's Literally. Still... There's someone I follow on Instagram because she's really cute and pregnant with triplets right now. Yeah. And she posts her, like, bump updates, and it's not to say anything hateful about her at all. She's, like, a very, very small person, like, naturally, like, very small stature. Yeah. Um, like, short and very bony. But her, like, she gives a bump update every week, and she shares her weight. Yeah. And she's, like, 120 pounds, like, like 27 weeks pregnant with triplets. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So she is, like, truly just all bump. Yeah. And is a very tiny, like, bony person. Yeah. But 
just like Kendall, like you don't notice that they're pregnant until they like turn around and you're like, oh my oh, god, you are about you to pop. Human in there, yeah. In there. Literally, I was sitting watching. Have you seen the movie on Netflix that's called To All the Boys I Ever Loved? It's like. No, but somebody else told me to watch that. Okay, you should because you're rom- romantic and you would love it. Okay. Um, yeah. I was watching it and Allie's like, this girl is literally you, Stephanie. Because um, she writes love letters to who she fell in love with. And yeah, both of us would do that for sure. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we're watching this and I don't know how this came up but Allie asked Camila she was like do you want a baby brother and Camila was like yeah and I literally I'm like oh my gosh you're gonna be pregnant so soon like I could just there's nothing that they've said or what's gonna happen they're definitely not in a place to like to have a child but that also was when they had Camila so who knows <laughs> um but just thinking of like this little child that I love so much to then have this little baby that I know she would love probably more than her parents. And I don't know, because both of them have said, and I, I just from the moms that I follow because of Allie, like it's a, you don't think you're going to love your second child or third child or fourth child as much as you love your first, but it's like this growth of love that you never would have ever experienced, like ever would have thought you'd experience. Yeah. Anyway, but just thinking of Allie being pregnant. Okay. Because I saw Allie when she was pregnant eight months pregnant. So I never experienced like the growth or anything of that. And then she was saying all of her friends out here in California only know her as married and pregnant. And I'm like, I only know you as a freshman in high school, as dance in the high school musical too. Like that's all I know of you right now. So it's funny to see it all together. Uh, wow. All of us pregnant. I can't You wait. have to edit this one. This has been two hours, I think. Oh, um, I'm sorry. No, it's only been an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> okay, this is actually the last question. Oh, we're, oh gosh. I, I don't know. We're still doing questions because that's why I let that just like go so tangenty. I totally yes. would have kept us on track. Sorry. No, no, do not. This is, this is what I love about it is that it, yes, I have questions, but the fact that they can go any way and it's still conversation, that's what I want from it. Um, so, yes, last one. Any any tangible ways you think us women can grit it with one another and not against one another? Hmm. Oh, I think that you should just tell people when they're doing a great job. Like, say it out loud to their face yeah. on purpose. <laughs> I gotta, okay, hold on. You're going to have to say that again. Uh, tell people when... When they're doing a good job, out loud, to their face, in person, on purpose. Um. Like, for example, like, I was in Target a couple weeks ago, and they, like, I've seen this on Pinterest, and I've seen Instagram moms talk about, like, the toddler meltdown, but Hayden is, like, really great, and he's four, and he's a wonderful child, Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's an excellent listener, he's so well-behaved, and he had a really bad day and had a true tantrum, like, he's never had one before, and Mm -hmm. it happened in Target, and I was mortified, but also was, like you know what, like, the moms here understand me, like, they know mm-hmm. what's happening, and I was walking out of the building, and this mom in the checkout line, like, gave me, like, the nod, and I swear she was, like, Katniss Everdeen, and she was just, like, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. and I was, like, I feel you, and so after that, I decided I'm gonna start carrying around $5 Starbucks cards in, like, an envelope with a handwritten note on them, so when I see a tantruming mom, uh. because... I talked to a lot of people after that, and I was like, oh my gosh, this was so funny. And they were like, I'm glad you had that experience, because a lot of times people are really hateful about yeah. 
And so I decided I'm going to carry around cards because when a stranger is having an embarrassing moment, you should hand them a card and be like, hey, like, it's okay to have a bad five minutes and still be a great mom. Like, you're still doing a great job yes. because you are keeping some humans alive. Yes. That's a lot of work, actually. <laughs> and so that and all the other people in your life, like, you should keep little encouragement cards or just say it with your words yeah. to strike. Yeah. And people, you know, you don't have to know someone to tell them they're doing a good job, but also you should definitely tell the people in your real life they're doing a good job. Absolutely. And say it out loud. When you think something good about someone, say it out loud. Stop just like being like, oh, she is so talented. Yeah. Say that out loud. Tell her. Tell her to her face. I love that. I- Hannah, you have been incredible. This is this like... Fun. We should FaceTime more often, actually. This we actually should. The time that we talk on the phone, we should just FaceTime. Yeah, why don't we just do that? Well, usually we talk on the phone when I'm driving, so that's why. Yes, but do you FaceTime when you're driving? Have you no. ever? No, you hooligan. Change your driver's license and stop FaceTiming and driving, you wild animal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. I'm sorry. Okay, well, then you just need to get a little place for your phone to set, and then you can. <laughs> but doesn't it suck your data up? Come on. I got unlimited from T-Mobile. Okay, well, I'm on Verizon, so they don't treat us like that. No. No, they're not that nice. No. Oh, I love it. Wow, thank yeah. you so much. This has been so good. Because also, it's like naturally what we would talk about as friends anyway. This is true. This is the kind of stuff we talk about anyway. Exactly. It's, it's pretty fun. It's great. Okay, so I'm going to stop recording right now. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm obsessed with how abruptly I just stopped this interview. I think I just was so excited just to just keep chatting with Hannah. And honestly, I had to edit out a lot of our just blabbing on and on about driver's license and speeding tickets and things like that because we had gone over an hour by a good amount. And I don't regret it. And I think that's why I had to press stop was because I knew I wanted to keep talking. But you guys probably weren't going to keep listening. And I respect that because I wouldn't keep listening either. But hopefully you're still here. Hopefully you still, maybe now, I don't know what the word is for that I'm looking for, but now you love Hannah just as much as I do, and um, yeah, that you got to meet her and hear just her heart and um, love the fact that she cries all the time because that means she truly does wear her heart on her sleeve, and I love having a friend that I can just sit and cry with and talk things through with and just be super real with, and she's one of those people. So thank you guys again for listening. We have one more episode left. So go leave comments, reviews, because the next season is going to be in a few months and I need y'all's help for what's going to come up next. So thanks again for listening and I will talk to you soon.